Coming to you from Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge in Ingalls, Indiana. Indiana's exclusive Aladino Cigar Lounge. It's the Final Third Podcast. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Isaiah. And today we're going to be uh, going through some stuff that's happened this last week, along with smoking the Herrera Esteli Nortino. Um, I don't know how new this is from Drew Estate, but it's new to our humidor. San Andreas wrapper, medium to full cigar. So excited to get into this one. Yeah, I mean, Drew Estate's pretty well new to our humidor in they general, are. apart from the Deadwood stuff, yeah, which yeah. is... Uh, partially there. It's still theirs. Yeah, yeah it's still theirs. Yeah. Um, and I brought back a couple bottles from uh, our recent trip. Lisa and I went down to Louisville, went to the Evan Williams Experience, the only place you can get Evan Williams 12-year. And I've had this at their, their bar, and I know how fantastic it is. So we're going to be sipping through that one. And then we also know Isaiah is a big fan of Armagnac barrel finishes. And uh, well... Rob and I. I am too, yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying we all know him. But um, but this is an Armagnac barrel finish from um, a, a store down in um, Louisville called Evergreen. Yeah. Um, this is the single barrel select from Down Home. Never down heard home. of them. Um, it's 97.1 proof, straight bourbon, finished in Armagnac barrels. Well, um, this is it doesn't say that they actually distill it themselves, but it says it's distilled in Hickman, Kentucky. I don't know who's in Hickman. I don't know anyone so, in Hickman. So it could be their own stuff. I don't know. But we're going to taste that along with it. And then you have something special we're going to taste, do. too. I do have something special. You should look at that. But uh, today, we brought something really nice. Didn't I tell you to clean your room? That's dusty. And indeed, it is a dusty pour. We got the the bottle that uh, people so graciously got me. Is your volume up enough on your microphone? Because I can barely hear you. I just want to make sure everyone can hear you talking about your dusty bottle. They can hear me. Okay, good, good. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Wow. Can you hear me now? today. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, uh, the beautiful dusty bottle. We got a Wild Turkey 8-Year 101 from the year 1985. Oh, yeah. Um, It came in a beautiful um, turkey and fox decanter, and it has since been decanted into a wonderful custom glass decanter. That was also given to me that night. And, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, Rob, let's uh, have a l- little let's bit of the that first. We, uh, yeah. Get into the cigar. This. Uh, okay. So I will say first, first little quick impression. We did our last dusty pour pick and it was a dickle. Yeah. And it smelled old. It tasted old. Nothing wrong with that, but it tasted old. This <laughs> yeah. smells fresh. Beautiful. It, yeah. There is no dustiness in the nose. There's no none of that mothball. There's of just no going. doubt that it's turkey. Oh, like it's so good. It's like uh, caramelized orange peel, like super brown sugary caramel. And I'm really finding myself loving these old old bottles of turkey. Yeah, so good. Okay. Oh, I want to get in the sip. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it's dark cherries, orange peel, just a little bit of that mothball-y quality right at the end. Very little, though. Um, and a ton of oak presence. A ton of oak presence. And the um, the, the um, alcohol sting kind of lasts a little longer. Yeah. Um, not in a bad way, but it just like you can feel the sting kind of all the way back for a long time. But the orange is very strong for me. Not vintage strong, because vintage is obviously a lot of orange. No, I thought that was uh, <laughs> vanilla, bean, vanilla bean ice cream. Ice cream, no orange. Seriously, uh, one of my favorite dusty pours today, and we've oh. had we've had a version of this twice now. On yeah, the show. and I will say all all the ones we've tried have been fantastic. <laughs> well, that's Which not tells, true, huh? Of the, of the of the of the turkeys. Okay. No, of the turkeys. I thought you said all the dusties. I was no, no, like, no, no. I brought you a nasty beam. We brought the dickle. No, I'm just talking about the the turkeys. Yeah. Um, their their stuff, and honestly, just what however they're bottling all the stuff they're doing, they're doing something right. So good for them. Yeah. Uh, the Herrera Esteli. I'm ready to get in the cold draw. Just went in with the Calibri V cut. Which is mild standard and looks like Rob went for I did, a straight. Cut. I went straight again. It's raisins, figs, almost raisin brand cereal with a little cocoa. Yeah. You looking at your blood pressure right mm-hmm. now? Not blood pressure. No, your my sugar. Your sugar. Blood sugar. You nervous? Are you gonna pass out on this show? No. Don't don't do that. No, I start co- if I start coughing, that's when I pass out. Oh, okay, you do that all the time on this show. Yeah, but I did that the <laughs> other night. It was you pass scared, out, scared Lisa to death. She oh, thought I died. Gosh. She's beating on my chest. I woke up the next day and my chest was killing me. Dude, she, I mean, she probably did that for show. I bet she was happy. <laughs> she might have been she happy. Was like, you got life insurance? Well, actually, we're working on that, so she probably was really trying to make sure I was still alive. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was gosh. it was pretty brutal, man. Yeah, you can't die before you have a life insurance nope. policy. Well, that's the thing about changing careers and changing, you know, businesses and stuff like that. Sometimes that insurance goes along with the company. Yes. So, yes, indeed. This cigar smells wonderful just as I'm lighting it up, toasting the foot. Mm. Nice spicy retrohale right off the start. Yeah. Um, chocolatey. Very chocolatey. There was a little bit more hay in the in the cold draw than there is now. But that black pepper kind of just lingers on the tongue too, which yeah. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Very good scar. I, we were talking about this today. Um, because did we smoke the Undercrowned 10 last week? Or? Yeah. Okay. So the Undercrowned 10, um, we were looking at the construction on that Undercrowned 10. It might be some of the best construction on a cigar I've seen to date. And um, and I, honestly, I, I used to like the Ligas a lot. I haven't really followed the Ligas as much anymore. These look like they could have been the highest in Liga. And, you're, and the price points are fine. They really on. are beautiful. They, um, they did a fantastic The construction job. on this one is really nice. I it mean, is. it's it's pretty seamless. Um, you know, there's a couple little knots in it, but, I mean, you're talking about tobacco. It's not like it's 
it's bad, but yeah. um, the cap on it's really nice. Beautiful dark brown, and rich once color. Once again, this week these are smokestacks. Yeah, it's fantastic. With the uh, dusty pour today, um, it's just like chocolate and uh, candied oranges and uh, ooh, yeah, and oak. There's like a black pepper oak presence that hangs on too. Oh yeah, it's like those um, what are those chocolate oranges? I think I told you about before. Yeah. You still have never had those, have you? Still have never had those. Gosh, I need to find a I really for Christmas like this year. In, in a box of chocolates. And I know life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you you're going to get. You never know get. what you're going to get. But in a box of chocolates, the ones that are the orange ones are the ones that I throw out. Why? I think they suck. Orange <sighs> creams are terrible. Yeah, but if it's good chocolate on top of it, it can it can cover a lot of sins. I hope it. so. It, it's got to be dark chocolate, dark chocolate, milk chocolate on a cream is too sweet. That's that's doubling down on the sweet. It it's is. Just, You're right. It's You're just right. unnecessary. So um, last night, yesterday we did the whole Fox Garden tour. So we went to Fox Garden, which is in Fortville, just down the road here. I was at Fox Garden last night. Really? Yeah. What time? It's six thirty. No, we were there. We were there like four to four thirty. Oh, okay. And then we left there, went to Smokey's, which is in Lapel, which is another Fox Garden building. Yeah, had some drinks there, and then we went up to Bongi's, which Fox Garden just bought. Had a meal there. Damn, was that good? Yeah, one of the best meals I've had in a very long time. It was a a Norwegian sea um, sea trout. Yeah. Oh my God! Is it? can't be phil's fish i don't it? well i i asked him about that and i think i'm hoping he's working with them if not i've already told them i, I need to talk to jake phil about was that. supplying fox garden at least for bill i well if he is then he'll be for them too because uh i know he's doing uh <laughs> which phil we're talking about it's bardala seafood yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh and we call him phil he was a regular here long before he owned a, a seafood business and now that's all he does now that's all he does uh we miss you phil if you're listening yes to we this. do <laughs> but uh no i know he supplies for gosh what's the beer in, in fortville um taxman taxman yeah. i know he supplies for them and uh cortonas i could I see he's that doing for sure them. yeah, yeah. I would I would be surprised if they're not buying from him. I mean, his fish is the best you can get in Indiana. Period. So. Fox Garden Fortville just revamped their menu, and they still have like a lot of the same things, but they're presented in new ways. Like the smoked pork chop now is not a, a glaze on it; it's got a really nice uh, peach bourbon sauce on it. Ooh. Which honestly, their smoked pork chop is like two inches thick. And comes on a bed of mashed potatoes and some other green. Victoria got that last night, and she switched it out for their Brussels sprouts. Yeah, dude, their Brussels are crazy good. Uh, well, and they—the first time we ever had them, they were the best Brussels sprouts we've ever had in our life. Then they switched up this really heavy balsamic, and yeah. it wasn't as good. But the recently they've switched it back. I think not yeah. back because the one they had before was. The one with squash. Yeah. Is that what she has now? The squash one? So uh, it is all like chopped up, finely okay. chopped. It's okay. not so like it's wedges or anything anymore. And uh, it was in some sort of honey mustard glaze in there. And it was so good. I 
man, we went right to food today, didn't we? <laughs> you were talking about it, dude. I had a good meal last night. I had their salmon. Their salmon is fantastic. Yeah. And they have a crab rangoon dip as a yes. starter. Yes, I saw that on the menu. Dude, it's so good. Sounds good. It's so good. And they serve it with a bunch of, like, fried wonton strips. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to get some of that. It's here not soon. the fanciest atmosphere in there. No, um, but well, it that's is, the thing about Bongi's. So good. Well, Bongi—it's it, very similar to Bongi's. Bongi's yeah. is an old tavern in an old building, and you walk in, and it kind and of feels where Roadhouse. is Bongi's? It's in Perkinsville, Indiana. It's like ten minutes north of Lapel. Oh, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and um, they are world renowned for their food. They always have—they've always had a you know super high end chef in there. The menu rotates based on the week, and um, they win awards all over the world. Yeah, in little bitty town, thirty minutes or twenty five minutes north of here. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, Fox Garden Jake over there, he just bought Bongies, which he actually modeled his entire business over around Bongies because yeah. of his love for Bongies, and he was able to buy something that he fell in love with as a younger guy. Yeah, so, I mean that's just pretty awesome cool stuff. Because what they do is scratch made everything, and yep. at Fox Garden, the menu feels a lot like elevated soul food. Like it is uh, Midwest staples, yeah. Midwest and Southern staples that you'll get just elevated, like yeah. a smoked pork chop, or I, they even had a Cuban on the menu last night, yeah. and I have heard amazing things about their. I was told from but, Kevin, which is one of our regulars today, he said that that's a um, that's something he loves over there is their Cuban. Yeah. And, and if you go there and eat sandwiches, like your meal is pretty cheap. It isn't bad at all. Like well, you can get a bongies. sandwich there for under twenty. You get an entree, you're talking twenty to forty dollars unless you get steak. Yeah, but well, for the honestly, quality of food you're getting in the portion, you're not you're being not. ripped off. Well, and Bongi's, you know, being such a high end restaurant and all that stuff, their prices are not not high. I mean, I think the highest thing I saw on the menu was forty bucks. Dang. You know, mine was thirty-eight bucks for a our Norwegian fish. Yeah, and it's like it was so good. So I mean, their prices are not bad for a higher-end meal for sure. No, uh-uh. So, but that was our night last night. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I have to go there. Yeah, you should. You and you and Victoria ought to do a special night or something. We go were gonna there. go. Definitely get at reservations ahead of time because okay. It, they're they're sold out quick. Yeah, we were gonna go to Tinker Street, which is another one of our favorite, uh, uh, more nice dining spots. Um, but their menu rotates like crazy. Like the nice thing about Fox Garden is they have their specials. When they have them, they have them. And my gosh, just order off the specials menu if yeah. you don't know what to get. Um, but. Tinker Street designs their entire menu around what's in season and what their what their farmers have the most of and everything. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it was all things that Victoria hated. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this is the type of place with like 15 items on the menu, like five starters, five mains, five desserts. Yeah. And she like couldn't find anything she liked huh? not really Aww, so i was like hey, we can go to fox garden <laughs> yeah yeah now they had uh made a ton of fish in at uh tinker street nice. and they had a uh she not a seafood person no oh no at least I it's know. not much of a seafood person either i know they had a uh a 
a scallop risotto that mm. I was so excited, but I knew it, I knew I needed to make a different reservation. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. That'll yeah. happen. But no, that was that was really a good time up there. Um, got to see a, an old buddy of mine. He's one of the servers up there, Mike Burden. He's a uh, met him through disc golf, and um, he's just a hell of a server up there for him. Got to talk to Jake for a little while. He's up there just kicking butt like he always does. So, yeah, definitely get out there. If you haven't been out there before, go. I literally grew up between 10 and 15 minutes from there and never been there in my life. Until last night? Until last night. I'm like, wow. what the hell did I wait for, you know? I guess I always thought it was more expensive or we never plan ahead. So it's like, oh, let's go out to eat tonight and there's no way to get a reservation that quick. Yeah. But on Tuesdays, it's a little bit easier. So we did. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, I definitely have to check it out. Yeah. So on, on Monday, um, Lisa and I took a trip down to Louisville and went down to the Evan Williams Experience. Have yeah. you ever been to that? Before? I have not. Uh-uh. It's a it's a pretty cool little trip, and, and there's a really nice education. You learn about Evan Williams and just everything going on, you know, down there and just the things that he did, you know, really kind of paved the way for a lot of the bourbon world. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know. But, you know, it, but it was really kind of cool. It's a shtick. It's a story. It is. Yeah. They, everybody has a story. You'll know that yeah. whenever you go to every distillery, they were the first to do something. Um, but it was, a, it was a pretty cool experience. You know, we got to try through um, several of their, their bourbons. Three of them you could only get there. In all honesty, this is the only one that I wanted to buy. The other what two were the were okay. other two? One was, um, it was a blend of all of their mash bills. Like five different mash did bills. Did you try blended. it? I did. It was did it, very unique. <laughs> I, that's what I w- would have thought would I don't, have come out of that. It wasn't one that would be a sipper. I, I honestly am kicking myself in the butt for not buying one just for everyone to try because it was very unique. Yeah. I don't think anyone would say this is the best pour I've ever had. It's more of a like, oh, I get what all these things did so together. So it's a blend of really, all of Heaven Hills mash bills? All of the Evan Williams mash bills. Okay. Specifically, just the Evan Williams different mash and bills. what do they have? Um, I thought Evan Williams was all one mash bill. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly kind of checked out when I was trying to start drinking bourbon. So. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Like I do. Like you do. But this one was definitely the winner. Everybody thought so, which it should be. You know, Evan Williams bottle and bond. If you've ever had that, it's just a it's a very good cheap bottle of hundred proof whiskey. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like JTS Brown and some of those other ones. It's it's a it's a good bottle and bond. But when you get up to a twelve year, this thing is this is probably the most special thing they make. Yeah, it's twelve years old and hundred and one proof. Yeah. And because uh, you gotta is, get one more than bottle and bond. Yeah. Screw those guys. Yeah, screw the bottled and bond. <laughs> In fact, it is a screw top. So legitimately screw them. Screw them. Um it, it's, uh, haven't even cracked it yet. I love that about this bottle is that it is fully gold wax dipped. It has a tack strip over the top of the wax. All to unveil <laughs> a black <laughs> plastic cap it is just such don't stab yourself that's why i put my hand up high it's just evan williams fashion like to, to just <laughs> have a black screw top on under it. it isn't that just classy it's beautiful 
But I really feel like if Evan Williams were to put a cork on it, I don't think I'd buy it. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. it's it's a true Evan Williams product. Yeah, except for Evan top. Williams, typically is a more affordable bottle than that one. Is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, what's that like one one fifty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and that, and I would pay place, that for this bottle. And that's the only place you can get it from is there. So yeah, they can it's also available in uh, some overseas markets. That's I know, right. They I know Japan that. has it and uh, a couple others. Yeah. Um, I had a bottle of this for a while and ended up giving it away as a birthday gift. So I was a little bit sad about it, but also I didn't have a special bottle to give the guy for his birthday. So I gave him that That's one. That's a good special bottle because, again, you're not going to find anywhere else around here. So. Yeah, I bought it from a guy who lives in Japan. Oh, there you go. So I actually paid one thirty for it, which, you know, uh, they could be selling it cheaper over there too. I'll bet they are. I'll bet they are. You can get into it um, if you want to. You're already yeah. done with your dusty yeah. pour. I'm babying mine over here. You're welcome to just baby it as long as you want to. Um, yeah, age twelve years. This is. I don't know. I I've I've. When I tried this, I was really impressed by it. And I think the first time I tried this was at the Five Brothers Bar at uh, our, uh, he- I poured a lot, uh, our Heaven Sorry. Hill pick. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's where we, that's where I first tried it too. Because they have a, they have a really nice bar up at, at Heaven Hill. That if you're ever down there, go to the bar. You get to try pretty much anything Heaven Hill's ever made on that bar. It's going to be salty, but. Some of those things you can't buy a bottle of. So oh, I, I was actually impressed with their prices. <laughs> See, their prices were a hell of a lot cheaper than Evan Williams' prices. Yeah, Holy yeah. Crap. Evan Williams' prices went at 85 bucks for a <laughs> one-ounce pour of Old Fitz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was, was, there was a couple of them that really dude. threw me off when I saw them. But you're in downtown Louisville, aren't you? Yes. Yes, you yeah. are. So you're definitely paying that price, Like, too. you're paying the tourist tax. Yeah. No doubt. Let's see here. Oh, that's the wrong one. Got another thing to share with you, too, in a minute, too. But, um, yeah, so the um, Heaven Hill 17 yeah. and Heaven Hill 20 were 120 bucks for a one-ounce pour. Yeah. Like um, you do, pay for the entire bottle. Yeah, yeah. JTS Brown, 10 bucks for a pour. And you're talking about... An extra five bucks, you can buy the bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, it's a, it is available in Kentucky. Yeah. But I think a lot of people go to the Evan Williams bourbon experience and don't have access to, like, JTS Brown. Sure, yeah, yeah. Or, but, like, in Kentucky and Indiana, do not buy that pour at that bar. That is no. a cheap – it's a well bourbon. It, it is. is a good well bourbon, I mean, it, but honestly, it's a well bourbon. It's a good sipper. For someone yeah. that just wants a good solid bottle of bond, it's a great bottle. Um, I mean, it's your it's your your calibration. Yeah, you know, pour whenever we're going on picks. So. I mean, seriously, I keep JTS Brown around all the time, and uh, I need to buy another bottle this week because it'll end up being in my uh, all your cocktails. Yeah, I, for Thanksgiving, I'm I'm making a big old basically. Uh, apple cider style punch which is bourbon lemon honey apple cider and the bourbon that's going in that is jts brown and i'm gonna try and make it to where it's a more sessionable drink that you're not just getting hammered 
real sure. quick. Like it's not gonna be not gonna be crazy, but it'll get you somewhere we'll when you need somewhere. to. Yeah, and uh, it's Especially also when the gonna kids taste get into that punch. Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so is this at your folks' house or Victoria's folks' house? At my in uh, my folks' house. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. No, somehow we got roped into having Victoria's entire family over. At our house oh. for Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, that ought to be interesting. Cigars on the patio afterwards? Or? Um, <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to do it. Uh, Legitimately, it, we're talking about 20 people, probably plus a few, in my house, which is a three-bed, two-bath. Oh, this is your house, not even your mom and dad's. No. Oh, yeah. Thirteen hundred square feet, and uh, better be a nice day where you can get on that big outdoor patio. I sure hope. Yeah. I sure hope. Yeah. You have heaters out there at all? I got a solo stove, like we'll light fires and stuff. But it's just like I, (laughs) I don't know. It stresses me out. Also, her family stresses me out. So it's just. (laughs) But whatever, you know. That happens. It is what it is. You win some, you lose some. This Thanksgiving, I'm losing some. You're losing some. (laughs) It'll be fine. That's all right. Just a few weeks after that's Christmas, you could do it all over again. (laughs) No, seriously. The thing that I'm thinking is that they'll all come over for Thanksgiving at our house this one year. Then everyone will be pissed at each other and they'll never come back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they'll just be like... Literally everybody has a bigger house than this. I never want to come back here. What you do is you set it up for failure. Yeah. You screw everything up. Yeah. So that when... Loosen the legs on all the chairs. That, you know, whatever you're cooking, screw it up. Yeah. Overcook it, something. Put some blood on the tablecloth. Whatever it takes. That way when they say, you know what? That really didn't work out next time. Let's have it at my house. You're like, okay. Okay. I'll bring mashed potatoes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're going to be lumpy, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seriously, man. Wow. It it is legitimately like... her family, like a lot of them live in Carmel and like they got nice houses in Carmel and you know, a nice house in Carmel is a big house. It's not no 1300 square foot in a ghetto. (laughs) (laughs) I just just don't know what to tell them. You let some of your neighbors know that there might be some fun stuff locked into the cars along the road there to pick off. (laughs) Okay. So my street is not that bad. No. But I do have friends and have known people that live on streets so bad that you're better off leaving your car unlocked so that they don't break, break your windows. windows. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just a way of life. It you is. know, don't leave anything of value in your car, whatever. Yeah. Like, I've had friends who got chapstick stolen out of their car. <laughs> and sometimes I think, like, yeah, they're just messing with you, dude. They don't they like have you. have to be. Yeah, have to be. Wow. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> I'm not excited about it. Not one bit. Uh, she won't listen to this, so she don't care. She didn't care. Uh-uh. So I did just get a, shit. Um, I did just get a um, text about an hour ago. Yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news. What do we do with that? We don't have a breaking news thing on our board yet, do we? Nah, that's fine. No. Um, Dirk just sent me a text and said that I won cocktail of the year through Indiana Bourbon. 
for the Sazerac, uh, the Seagrass Sazerac. Oh my gosh! Hell you yeah. made him one. I did. Heck yeah! I did. And Honestly, you deserve that. We won. That's a hell of a cocktail. And so um, tomorrow, I have to actually record making it so he can post it. <laughs> like, cool. I was gonna do it today. I'm like, but I'm in my Evan Williams shirt today. That really didn't quite work out the yeah, same way. But not quite. So yeah, so that was pretty awesome to win that. So that is awesome. And Congrats. Le- Thank you. Yeah, uh, and uh, I don't cocktail. know if you remember this. <laughs> But we did a Sazerac episode on here, and we were both, and I was like, you know, it'd probably be better with this seagrass. And you were like, let's do it. Holy crap, let's do it. And we sat around on the patio for a couple more hours (laughs) because we were slamming seagrass Sazerac. Yeah, that's a special Sazerac. It'll get you. It'll It'll also get your wallet a little bit. It will. It's a a salty. It's a $20 cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Compared to, I think it's 12 bucks for the, the Raider one, but. It's worth it. I do think it is worth it. It's a fantastic Sazerac. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, uh, there's a lot of people adverse to Sazerac because they hear rye whiskey. Or they hear absinthe. Yeah. Um, But in balance, like Rob's are, you're not going to... If you don't like rye whiskey, try a Sazerac. If you don't like absinthe, try a Sazerac. Yeah. Yeah, because absinthe, if you don't know, is a... It's like a, it's almost like a black licorice liqueur. It's not. It's made differently, but that's yeah. that's the flavor note you're getting. Um, but once you get the rye whiskey and the bitters and everything kind of blending together, it just becomes this whole new thing, a whole new style of a uh, old fashioned that I believe was invented in New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And um, probably I love it. They'll claim it at the Sazerac House. They probably do. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's the funny thing is whenever I go to any any bar that has Sazerac, I always buy them just to see. I've still never had one better than the one that we make. I love our Sazerac. Well, I do that same thing with Manhattans. Like, yeah. I find the most botched Manhattans. That's one of my favorite cocktails. Like, just absolute favorite. Just a clean, high-quality Manhattan. You're talking about two ounces of rye whiskey. This is my spec. Two ounces of Rittenhouse rye. Two dashes of Angostura bitters, an ounce of uh, cokey sweet vermouth, which is my uh, my preferred vermouth. It's got a little bit more of a vanilla note in it. Um, it's less acidic as some of the other ones. And uh, you just stir in a little bit of Lexardo cherry with it. Mm-hmm. Dip your bar spoon in it, stir it in, and uh, serve it neat after you've after you've chilled it in the stirring. Like that's. It's just a wonderful, yeah, wonderful uh, cold weather drink, but everybody just botches it. <laughs> it's just like you go to some places and it's super bitter. See, he's a really cheap dry vermouth in there. Yeah, something. I mean, like, seriously, oh. you get some that are like. That's honestly did, why I did don't. Did you even throw like, a Cabernet in here? Like Jesus. That's the reason why I don't like Manhattans because I've never had a good one. I think most of the places I've ever tried them, they are either using dry. Or they're just yeah. not using good whiskey and um, never had one I liked. Yeah. Well, if I I'll remember, um, ne- we'll, we'll have to do a cocktail episode next mm. next time. Um, gosh, I don't know when we're going to record next week. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Sometime next week when, jeez, uh, I really don't know. When we record next week. Oh, next week is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah, it? yeah. We can do a Thanksgiving morning. That way you don't have to go to your house. No, <laughs> absolutely not. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know when we're going to record next week, um, but we'll do a cocktail episode. Maybe we'll highlight the Sazerac, do a little bit, line stuff up, and be able to make it on the show. Well, and I don't have Rittenhouse Rye, so I'll bring it. You bring a little bit yeah. like that, too. Yeah, we'll, totally. We'll drink like 14 cocktails that day. Maybe that's how we what's spend your, Black Friday, Friday morning. Look like? Yeah, so what's your Friday look like after after mm, Thanksgiving? I don't know. Say so maybe we do it on Black Friday? Could be. Um, speaking of which, this Friday is Black Friday after this is aired. And um, we're going to have adult daycare. Adult daycare. Third. So if you... So if Rob your is going to change your diaper for you. No. He's going to tell you when it's potty time. No. No, but if your spouse you to is go a out shopper, for a recess. if your spouse is a shopper, ask her or him to drop you off at Final Third. Go shopping. You hang out here and drink, you know, some nice drinks and have some cigars and relax while someone else is buying the gifts. Yeah. How far away are we from HTC? Fifteen minutes max. Okay, max. So tell your Close spouse. Tell your spouse they can get rid of you. And then go shopping at Hamilton Town Center Mall. Yeah. Um, and there's a ton of Black Friday things happening there. Yes. I promise you. Now, we're still only opening up at noon. I'm yeah. not opening yeah. up early for the 6 a.m. shoppers. What? <laughs> no, no I don't I don't think most stores open all hours of the nights anymore. They I, don't. I remember going to like. I think COVID killed that. It did. Shortly before it, it, COVID, they were still doing it. Did. I've seen online so, even more. Yeah. So many uh, stores have rolled out their Black Friday sales. I'm seeing all the Black Friday sales already. already. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get your money before the next guy. And you know what? It's kind of fine. Yeah. I, I honestly, I'd much rather have it shipped to my house than I go shop. I do kind of miss like the sweaty, tired, post Thanksgiving, waiting in line at a oh. Walmart. No. It is legitimately a rush. I don't miss that. I'll tell you the one thing I do miss for is like when the, the kids, five TVs that are on yeah, sale. Yeah. yeah. You're in you're forty seven in line and you're pissed off because you didn't get one of the five TVs. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, honestly, it's kind of fun. It's actually even more funny when they have them on the floor and they say these are going on sale at midnight and you got people at six PM yeah. putting them in their cart walking around Walmart for six hours. Yeah, I buy. know. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I remember taking the girls when they were younger, and we'd always do the midnight sales on Thanksgiving, <coughs> and they'd go down to HTC and hit, Air, you know, at that time, Air Apostle and, you know, um, uh, American Eagle oh, and all yeah. those stores, and they Zoomies. would buy yeah. half their Christmas that night at midnight. It's like, we get home at 3 a.m., and their Christmas is almost done for yeah. all their friends. It's yeah. like, that was actually kind of fun with them. <coughs> But I'm good not doing it now. No, I mean, I, I really love Black Friday shopping all the way up until the year 2020 when I was employed at Cabela's. Oh, God. Yeah. I, w- I had to be at Cabela's at, at 4 a.m.? 6 p.m. Uh, okay. Thanksgiving oh, uh, on evening. Thanksgiving, yeah. And then my shift, I think, was until midnight. And it was just like, I swear, that store buys the most knick-knacky things. And everybody buys it. And most, and most of them do. They buy, like, things that you would never see at the store, and they yeah. put them in the big bins in the middle. 
Like, it's just cheap crap, yep. and you're paying a super cheap price for it, thinking that you're getting the deal of the century. It's like, dog, this yeah. has never been in our store until today. And you get it in your stocking, and it's immediately in a drawer the next morning. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, I don't need that. Uh, the only thing that's good at Cabela's um, on Black Friday is occasionally they have some firearm sales. Yeah. And then and they, some fishing sales, yeah, fishing too. sales. Yeah, yeah. And then they also uh, typically Vortex will have a Black Friday spec package. OK, that they'll uh, mark down some binoculars and some scopes that that'll be like half off. And you're like, how did they do this? Yeah. Well, and most of that, you most of the stuff you're buying on Black Friday is. One of two things. It's either last year's model that they're selling off because they have new stuff coming right after Black Friday. Yeah, for Christmas. Or um, what I've seen, especially on TVs, you got to really watch this too. They'll release a Black Friday TV that's just like off-spec kind of everything. Yeah. And they'll sell it super cheap, but then you'll get it home and you're like, oh, wow, this doesn't have any of the features that the one right next to it looked exactly the same had. Yeah, and uh, that's, you gotta that be careful a with that. Super common thing in Black Friday it deals, is. where where a company will make, like Vortex, they would they would send Cabela's a, and I worked in the hunting section, so I didn't have firearms. I just had ammunition, all of the hunting equipment that include binoculars and scopes and stuff like that. Um, screw top, baby. Yeah, screw top. So you know it's good. You know it's good. Um, they, when they would send us their, um, binoculars for black Friday, it was a completely different packaging, completely different skew, supposedly a same binocular. Yeah. But people would be like, well, we, we see those over there. Can't you do the same deal? It's like, no, No. we can't like, that's a, that's a different, as far as our inventory system is concerned, that is a different thing. Well, and you may have, like, on one of them, you might have, a, like, a really high-end, indestructible plastic. It's, you know, the body's made up. This one might be made with just plastic. Yeah. It might work just as good, but it's not going to last as long. Yeah. But you're also paying half the price for it. I so. mean, but the nice thing is with Vortex, and I sound like I still work at Cabela's warranty, and still warranty. and still get their uh, get their perks for sales. But uh, they do have a lifetime warranty. They would come in and tell us that there was somebody who had a house fire, and they would show us the glass out of the binoculars and said, we replaced these. And you're just like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, you're talking $200 binoculars. Like, you right. shouldn't be replacing them all the time. Yeah. But if they fall out of your tree stand while you're hunting, like, yeah, you're covered. Yeah. It's totally cool. worth it. By the way, that Evan Williams 12... Delicious. Oh my God. There's there's some like that red fruit kind of thing that yeah. happens with their stuff. It's um I can't remember the rye content. I'm wanting to say it's um God, he told us this shit. I should have wrote it down. Um I think the rye content is like thirteen percent maybe. Yeah. I thought it. it was fairly low. Yeah. But you still get that rye kind of note in there, which is nice. Um they do a they do the um the sweet mash or the yeah the sour mash, yeah. And basically the sour mash, what that means is they're using a part of the previous batch, and basically what their their stance on this is, and I'm I'm assuming this is correct, is by using that part of the batch from the previous batch, it helps balance out the whiskey to create something very similar 
every you know going forward. So you're always building off the same platform, uh, which makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so that's how they're doing the sour mashing themselves. They literally have a small um, vessel of the of the previous batch as they're building the other thing, and it just it blends. Yeah, and it's like good way to do it, man. So uh, Evan Williams mash bill is uh, seventy eight corn, ten percent rye, twelve percent malted barley. Yeah, and that malted barley shines nice <laughs> in it too, especially at that twelve year mark. And I, I really do feel, I mean, we've said this a million times. I feel like Heaven Hill's magic point is that 12-year mark. kind of is. Um, I mean. Getting beyond that, it gets a little too oaky. Um, some of the younger stuff is, is great. I mean, shit, the Heaven Hill bottle and bond, was it seven or eight year now? Seven. seven. It's super good. It is. Um, you still have it on the bar? I do. Yeah. yeah. I've got plenty of it in stock, too, because it's that good. Um. But yeah, it was really good time. We went to a couple different other places down there. If you ever, if you're ever down downtown so, Louisville, so real quick, yes, on we, the Heaven Hill, on the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience, yeah, yeah. Did it feel like a distillery tour? No. Did it feel like a historical thing? Were you going through a museum? Yes. What was it, and how More, much did you pay for it? Um, it was, I think, it was twenty bucks a piece. Okay. Um, which gets you the right to buy the bottles you normally buy there. Yeah. One thing. And you could have bought all you I could have bought three each. different bottles that you normally get there, but this is the only one I was really I can't after. believe you didn't pick up an Evan Williams peach. <laughs> I can get that <laughs> freaking gas station. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it was. It was more of a museum tour, kind of telling the history and little videos and stuff like that. It was more of like going through a small museum. So it like, really wasn't a distillery tour. Somebody could have somebody could have this as an exhibit at a museum. Easy. Okay. Easy. Yeah. Like there was no running still, nothing like that. There was a very small still that they're doing some special batches that they're playing yeah. around with back there. But who knows? That could have literally just been for show. Yeah. Um, but there were people back there mashing and all that stuff. So it would. But it, yeah, it was. It's just a museum tour, and it was more about telling you the history. And that's really about it. So as a uh, bourbon nerd and somebody mm-hmm. who's been on many distillery tours mm-hmm. at this point through picks, through just bourbon tourism, was it an experience? Is it an experience you would recommend to other bourbon enthusiasts? I'd say it's worth doing once. Okay. Um, if I want another bottle of this, I might skip through it just to get to the end to get my bottle yeah um but it's worth doing once um the story is very intriguing whether it's 100 percent true or not um it was a very very good story i will say our tour guide was a little tipsy when he started and he was drinking with us too so it's kind of fun that's that's kind of fun yeah um really cool really good dude but um yeah, it's not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go into this and have an experience like you would if you're doing a barrel pick or if you're doing a, a, a tour of Buffalo Trace or Heaven Hill or Makers or any of those. You're not gonna get the same experience. But it was worth doing once. Okay. I don't know if I ever go back down there and do it again unless I really want more bottles of this. But yeah, it is what it is. So all in on this bottle, you're basically saying tour price in this. You're in at one seventy before tax. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, is it and worth one seventy for you? 
Um, yeah, to have a couple bottles on the bar, yeah, because I got one. Lisa got one, and I got one, so I got one sitting at home and one to share. Cool. Um, it was worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was, I would say this is not. I wanted this bottle more so because you can't get it anywhere else, and I also have had it and I liked it. It's not a bottle that if it was on secondary for two fifty, I'd go hunting after. Yeah. But it was worth doing it for the tour. So yeah, it was totally. good. It was worth it. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say if you're if you want something special, you can't get anywhere else that's still going to taste really really good. It's definitely worth doing. Well, otherwise. I mean, and that goes to say, like if you have a bourbon fan in your life who is always hunting bottles. This is a bottle you can get at a guaranteed experience. Yeah. Um, guaranteed but you have to do the, You have to do the. You have to do the pick, or you have to do the tour to do it. Yep. You can't just walk into the gift shop and nope. buy it. You got to be on. You a have tour. to have the, the tour sticker to actually be able to legally buy it, or their yeah. legalities of yeah. buying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that would be another thing. Uh, go down to Louisville. It's near Whiskey Row, if not on Whiskey. It's on Whiskey Row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So if you plan it right, you could do Evan Williams. You could do uh, Old, Old Forester, um, which Old Forester actually has, a, as far as I know, a pretty cool tour on uh, It was closed Row. on Monday, or we yeah, would have done know, that one, too. I know. Um, that's yeah. one thing that's nice about Evan Williams' experience in Heaven Hill. If you are down there on a Monday, they are open. Almost everybody else is closed. You know, we, we did hit some other places that were bars and stuff like that. We went to Justin's House of Bourbon. Cool little museum spot. I would never buy a bottle there. Yeah, their picks Prices. are really good, though. dude. Their four gate pick was insanely good, but yeah. it was two hundred fifty bucks for the bottle. I mean, that's kind of, I, I mean, that's the culmination of four gate prices. It is and Justin's price. I mean, that's really only adding what fifty bucks to the price of a traditional four gate pick. So it wasn't that bad, but you it was the, the craziest super tasty. thing to me about Justin's is what's that? That they have no shame selling. Buffalo Trace Green Label for like 50, 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Well, and then you look at the really special bottles, like they have every yeah, pappy you can think yeah. of. It, the sticker prices on everything's listed, but they have them on the bottom of those bottles. It says $0, which means you ain't buying that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, maybe can, the only one they've got. You can buy it. You can buy it, but it's going to be stupid. Yeah. Um, you are talking more than secondary on all of those. I'd say way more than secondary uh, for those. But as far as they go, if you are a person who is, uh, I, I would say like a corporate gift, something like that, um, you know, you're looking for a bottle with guaranteed authenticity. You're yeah. not going to get any fakes running through Justin's. Uh, especially after they got busted. Especially after they got busted. Um, if you find any vintage bottles there or recent bottles, they're legit. They are absolutely legit. The only yep. thing that they had in that store that was not legit was some Blantons, which just buy on your normal secondary if yeah. you're going to do that. Like they're a hundred bucks all day long around here on secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a bottle of a higher caliber, let's say that 500 to $1,500 mark. It's Justin's. Yeah. And uh, that is yeah. the place to go and get go and get something. It, they did have a you know crazy little selection of stuff. 
And like I said, one one thing that's cool is they they do barrel picks there too. Yeah. And uh, I think they had like probably 15 different barrel picks on the yeah. wall you can buy. Um, the cool thing about at least, and I don't know if that was just that day or what, you can do half ounce pours of all their barrel picks for five bucks. Yeah. So yeah. I got that four gate for five bucks. It was delicious. But I didn't want to pay two fifty for a four gate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I liked it a lot, but it's not. After buying the other bottles, I'm like, eh, I really don't need that. So let's say. What? Yeah, I mean, five bucks on that four eight pick is two hundred thirty for the bottle. I know it's cheaper than buying the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like nearly bottle. Price. I will tell you right now, they had a, an absolute shit ton of that pick on the shelves. So I have a feeling the reason they were doing five dollar picks on that or pours on that was because they are not selling it. Uh, the, That's the only thing I can think of. It is hard for people to justify a two hundred fifty dollar pick. When you're sitting there, and especially if you're a bourbon tourist, you're sitting there surrounded by probably a Weller full proof. Yeah. And that's going to be around that $300 mark. It's yeah. like, why don't I spend 300 bucks and get the bottle that I've never seen on the shelf? Or yeah. why don't I get a couple uh, a couple Weller Antique 107s or yeah. just... You know, a stag junior. You could probably hit a stag junior for the that three hundred, three twenty five dollar mark there, which is more than what I want to spend on stag junior. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I love it. So, but uh, it's just like, why, why at a place like that get a bottle that you can find at your total wine in the glass case most days of the year? Yeah, and forfeit something. If you're spending that money, and yeah. I'm talking about the Boobin tourist thing, I am yeah. sure their four gate pig is better than most Stag Juniors. It was good. Yeah. It was very, very good. Yeah. But you're going from a true Buffalo Trace item to a sourced whiskey. Yeah. So, four gate normally is putting some high age stuff in they there. They are. They like, are. And they'll have high age Heaven Hill, high age Barton, high age. Uh, MGP. MGP, MGP yeah. yeah. Well, and um, so after that, we went over to um, Doc Crow's, had a, had a meal there. Doc Crow's has 2,600 whiskeys on their menu. Yeah. So I'm looking back. I'm like, okay, how many distilleries do, makes whiskey in America? And they have a lot of vintage there. They yeah. have a lot. They have pretty much everything. They had, I don't mean to be rude, they had Oakley Brothers all the Oakley Brothers stuff, which is a little bitty distillery in Anderson, Indiana. Really? On their menu. Every distillery you can think of, they had. I'm like, okay, they, what they've done is they went to the 770-some distilleries in America and bought something from every one of them to say we have everybody's whiskey. That's kind of cool, though. Which is very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, but I was like, 2,600. How hard is it to pick a bourbon to drink it's like oh my god i mean and talk you, about decision paralyzation oh, like, it was it was paralyzing crazy. it yeah. was paralyzing so, so um we uh and then they had their they have their barrel picks too which they had like seven barrel picks shockingly enough not a single barrel pick from heaven hill which i was very shocked by them huh it was very odd uh, they did they have, have the old forester which is right across Opo, the street from yeah. them um, was it a barrel proof or a hunter proof it was barrel proof yeah yeah Try it? I, no, okay. I didn't. I didn't. 
But so that was a good time there. That was a really good time. Um, trying to think of what else we did on our way was back. Was it good food at Doc Crow's? It was good food. The food was very good. Did you get a hot brown? No, no. I can't honestly remember what I got now. Yeah. It was good enough to not remember, I guess. Yeah. Very memorable. <laughs> very memorable. <laughs> very memorable. It was amazing. You had also drank quite a bit by then, I'm sure. Uh, we've been drinking all yeah. day that day. Yeah. 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 And uh, you went to Evergreen Liquors. Evergreen. So I've never been to that store. Uh, tell me about Evergreen. It was good. They had they had some stuff that you can't get everywhere. Um, their pick, they have a pick wall too, which is where I got this one. Um, they had they had a lot of stuff on the on the menu you can get pours for. I, we didn't end up staying and drinking. Um, we went to a little little um, bar right next door to them, which was an outdoor bar. And had had a couple of drinks there and smoked cigars outside. Yeah, so that, that place great. that you smoked a cigar, I saw that and I was like, "Is that that burger joint in Bardstown?" And then I remembered no. you were in Louisville. Yeah, this but was that a, picture really looked like that, like little does. back alley yeah. area. Yeah, we this was in. a. It's called the garage, and it's literally an old like gas station. Yeah. And they converted into a bar, and the dude in there was making insanely good cocktails. Yeah, I ended up having three cocktails, and Lisa had one. All of them were fantastic. So cool little spot right next to Evergreen, but no, Evergreen was it was kind of cool. It's a, it's a liquor store that has a small little bar, um, so you can try some stuff, and you can also find some stuff you might not be able to find. Honestly, it didn't have as many of the harder to find bottles as I was expecting. It had a few, maybe maybe twenty. Uh, but you got to understand that they're um, they're buying those off of people. Mm-hmm. They're not. Most of them, they're not getting from a distributor. I thought that was illegal. Not in Kentucky. Oh, it's not? I thought that's what Justin's... Oh, no, Justin's was taking bottles on secondary. Justin's was getting bottles of Blanton's shipped in by the pallet from... uh, Where are they? The Netherlands. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know. And uh, Buffalo Trace was like... Hey, hate to tell you, but we do not send any Blantons to the Netherlands. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, Oops. whoopsies. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. I uh, now I now I wonder who's in Hickman, Kentucky. I don't know. Um, Let's look her up. Yeah, some magic thing called an iPhone. Yeah, the information is at your fingertips. Where I am. About to get into this Armagnac barrel finish down home weeded Kentucky straight bourbon. Uh, it is 97.2 proof. That's a low proof for Rob. Yep. Jackson Purchase Distillery. Oh. Is in Hickman. Um, that must be theirs then. Interesting. 97.2 proof Armagnac finish. Uh, so th- this must have been proofed down. That's all I can guess. Cause Has to be. A lot of Armagnacs are well, high proof. If you read, I thought it said it entered the barrel at 105. Maybe I'm thinking something else. Yeah, but. entry proof of 105. Perfect are and perfect in their own right. Were brought together to meld flavors with the Armagnac resting... Within the cask, since that day, every few weeks, the Louisville Bourbon Club has gathered to taste the transformation from bourbon to finished bourbon. 
Yeah. Three months in, a unanimous choice was made to pull and bottle the down-home Armagnac cask-finished bourbon. We hope you enjoy drinking it as much as we do. Nice. Nice. So I'll be yeah. yeah, we'll see how good it is. It's um, like I said. It Did was you one try I, this before you bought it? I no, I didn't. Okay, no, I just bought it. You've tried it since. I tried a little pour of it. We'll see what you think. I it it drinks a little young to me, but the Armagnac does pop. So we'll see what you think. So on the nose, it does have a grainy note, but it definitely has that signature Armagnac. Almost uh, white grape baking spice thing. Yeah, I agree with that. This one is 80% corn, 12 wheat, and 8 malted barley. Uh, the graininess I'm talking about leans more toward... Uh, oh, man. It, it's almost like... Uh, it almost reminds me of like a jalapeno cornbread, <laughs> like, which is kind of an odd. No, just on the nose, just on the nose, just on the nose. Okay. And it has a little bit of sharp ethanol on the nose, but on onto the palate. And this is one that the bartender that was working there when I was talking to him about it, this is the one that she said was her favorite that they've picked in a very long time. Wow. Again, I don't know her palate, know nothing yeah. about her, but all those things kind of coming down. It's like, oh, I'll get it. It was not an expensive bottle. I think it was like $69 or something like that for a pick. It wasn't terrible. So on the palate for me, it's like uh, I'm drinking a glass of white wine with bread pudding, or not bread pudding, corn pudding. The nose. I'm, I'm is intrigued very white by wine. it. I, I don't. I can't figure out if I like it or not. So I'm gonna give it some more time, and it's it's just interesting. It, it's just interesting. It is interesting. It really has like a creamy corn thing going does. on on the palate, and it's not sharp and it's not youthy in a sharp way. I feel like the wheat in it is kind of. Making it brighter, yeah. Um, it's it's bringing it into that kind of white wine world. And people that are probably put off by the fact that we're using descriptors like sharp or bright, uh, it typically is just to describe like punchy, um, more lighter flavors on on the flavor wheel. Um, yeah, you know, some people will describe some younger Irish whiskeys as shiny. Yeah, um, which almost implies some sort of metallic Medicinal, characteristic yeah. which you can find in some of them yeah this is not sharp it is leaning towards some of the brighter notes um i'm not put off by it no i I'm, that's kind of i'm really just interested i would i was interested enough to where i'm like okay I can't say this would be a bottle I want to go hunting all the time, but I'm like, this is kind of a unique bottle. Um, the Armagnac does shine through on the finish lightly, for me. Lightly, it's not. Yeah. It's not like sitting in an Armagnac barrel for uh, two years or something like that, waiting to age out. It's not going to give you those heavy yeah. Armagnac cognac kind of notes. It's giving you more of the the brightness of it, which 
I'm not mad about. Totally. Not bad it, at all. It's just, uh, no, it's really nice in as far as it's considered for a general palate, it's smooth and complex. I get almost on that last sip, I get almost uh, like a honey simple, you know, where you actually water down a honey to make it into a syrup. Um, I get kind of that little bit of a honey kind of note there. It's not, it's not, not, it's more of like the flower honey, not clover, but more yeah. floral honey. I could see that. Like a really I, light I am, honey. That I we, am really stuck on this corn pudding thing on the palate. Like, I can see that. It is, it's like a super sweet corn pudding for me. And it does finish with like some of those more white wine grapey notes and not in a, not in an acidic way. No. Um, I'm trying to see. It didn't have an age statement. Really anywhere. interesting. I don't think on it. it says straight on the front, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's four years. Or straight, is that? Yeah, straight with four? Straight, well, I don't know with finished. Yeah. Um, straight can be two years age stated on a normal bourbon. Gotcha. Straight unage stated on a normal bourbon is at least four years. On a finished bourbon, I don't even know why you'd say straight. I, I don't think it... <laughs> I just don't know that it means much. Well, yeah. I mean, the way they're wording it's Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in yeah. Armagnac. So yeah. it started there and finished somewhere else. So I would... Uh, it's at least two years old. Yeah. Um, and it's not real dark, it's but really it's darker dark. than a lot of wheats, wheated whiskeys. It's only ten percent wheat, but that's still a little higher wheat content than a lot of a lot of your weeders out there. Or it's in that world, you know. Hey, it's definitely in that world. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I guess it is in typical Kentucky fashion to claim ten percent wheat is a weeder. Yeah. Um, well, and it seems like anybody that puts any wheat in their whiskey. It's we'll call a it a whiskey. weeded, you know, if it's yeah, a bourbon it's a with bourbon. 5% wheat, it's like, oh, it's a weeded bourbon. Like, is it really doing that much? But it does change it. It does change it. Um, it and really across the board in the whiskey category, it seems like rye comes of age a ton quicker than, okay. than corn, than, than wheat. Definitely with wheat, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm telling you, Maker's Mark knows that sweet spot when they put out stuff at six years old. It, it is just like your typical Maker's is ready to go out the door. I think I think regular old Maker's and Maker's cash strength is actually a great product. Um, yeah. Especially for the market, for the price point that it's in. It's not going to blow you away. Yeah. But there's nothing about me that says... Oh, this is youthy. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and that's at that six-year mark. Starlight's waited to put out any weeded products until that six-year mark because there is really something that happens in a weeded bourbon or a wheat whiskey at that six-year mark. Rye? I have had MGB rise at two years old that I've loved. Yeah. Like, absolutely been in love with. Granted, they were medicinal. They they were spicy. But that's but, your baby. But rye, as it ages out, just becomes more and more mellow. Yeah. Most of the time. 
most of the time. Yeah, I, I some can't, of those you high, can't make generalizations like that. I would say most of the time. I, I tend to like a a high rye bourbon that's that six plus year age point. Yeah. Because it mellows out some of the spice and the, the bite, but it has the flavor, which then blends nicely with the, the vanillas and the caramels and the cherries and all those things. It really blends nicely. But when you get a rye younger, you're right. It definitely hits more of that that punch that a lot of people want in a yeah, rye. medicinal, spicy, yeah. that almost eucalyptus Which is what you kind of want for like a rye old-fashioned and some of that stuff. You want that little bit of a hit to kind of balance out the sweetness of a cocktail. Yeah. So. Yeah. At, le- at least I do. Some people really like their cocktails to lean sweet. and that. But you typically don't go with a rye if you're looking for a sweet cocktail. You're typically going to no, go yeah. bourbon or rum yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So. But I think even a super spicy medicinal rye and uh, like a typical shelf staple that I would call a medicinal rye is the Willet four-year rye. Yeah. I think that would be great in a Sazerac and that would calm down a lot of those medicinal. Uh, I think that, I think that rye leans into some of those eucalyptus and almost dill notes, which I enjoy. I'll tell I you. enjoy it, but so, I think a Sazerac would calm it down. A random musing from Rob right now. The amazing thing to me is a Sazerac with Sazerac rye is not good. Terrible. It does not work in that cocktail. Well, which kind of pisses me off a little bit. It's like that should be your staple, you know. But it's and that maybe that's why you know when I was in New Orleans and trying all these Sazeracs when they. Most of them would use Sazerac rye for that. Maybe yeah. that's why I wasn't as big of a fan of them down there as I am, you know, with the ones we created. I well, Sazerac rye has not been openly available in the Indiana market it until is now. the past couple months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's now it's everywhere. Uh, like I saw a, two two different Meyer stores got pallets of it. It's just like they they pushed out a ton to our market. Which yeah. I think is fine. Like I, I do believe the Indiana market needed another rye on it. Yeah, I think Sazerac rye leans. It leans more into the cigar note territory for me. It has a lot more uh, leather on it. Has a little bit of those medicinal qualities, and there's not enough sweetness and not enough spice on it for me to think anything special are you gonna get the I'll bottle? grab the bottle yeah, grab we'll the bottle sazerac rye was one of those that i had um tracked down for a little while because we didn't have it in our market and i finally got one um from one of my friends in nashville and i did make a sazerac with it my first ever sazerac i made with sazerac rye and i thought it was terrible i did, i thought i didn't like the cocktail but little did I know, I just didn't like the whiskey. Yeah. Um, and that first ever Sazerac I made was almost to final third spec because I eat. I The absinthe I bought was the French Lick Absinthe Le Bleu, which I was the one that introduced you to that. Best cocktail Sazerac, period. Or absinthe, absinthe. period. Yeah. Yep. I love the absinthe. And I will say, so so talking about their absinthe, I, that absinthe is definitely on the sweeter side. Traditional absinthe is going to be very herbal, have a lot of funky kind of herbal, mushroomy kind of things going. 
which may not be your jam. And honestly, a lot of those don't work well in a cocktail. This one is perfect for cocktails. So if you're looking to have something, if you if you love black licorice jelly beans, you're gonna love it. Um, I'm anxious to try this too. I have not tasted this as a sipper in a very, very, very long time. I poured too much of it. It's all right. <laughs> if you want to check yours, I'll split it with you. All right. Yeah, I poured two ounces right there, or an ounce and a half. That's good. Um, Woo, okay. You good? Dude. I, I, I just took down an ounce of that Armagnac finish. That's freaking great with a bigger sip. I think so. Oh, I think a bigger sip. It's only 97 proof, which yeah. I know that's high for some people. I'm just so accustomed to sipping cash strength. Me too. That a a oh. a larger sip allows you your tongue to be engulfed by the actual liquid before you get any of the alcohol hit. Well, you it, take it doesn't have the sip, opportunity to vaporize. Well, it goes all it hits your entire tongue under your tongue and then down the throat, so it hits all your senses at the same time. Um. That just elevated a lot for me by taking a bigger sip. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic wow. in cocktails. I think it would be good. It's just a good session sipper. Um, and so. we can't say that for a lot of the whiskeys we drink on the show. No. Um, they're like uh, one pour wonders. Yeah. Um, especially those old Clifty brandies we picked. Oh, dude. Don't, they will sneak up on you and beat you up. And, so, uh, I don't put know if I to told you this or, or not, but I did create a, the Bishop Mule now, which is the um, the brandy in okay. a mule. Yeah. Best mule you'll ever have in your freaking life. I believe it. It is fully the it. right thing for a mule because you're still getting that 141 or 148, depending on which one you go and with. it shows through even on the ginger beer? It does, but it mellows out the heat, so you're tasting the flavor and not 148 proof. It's so good. I've, I've been making those. Unfortunately, the other night I made three of them for myself <laughs> after drinking other stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, i got to sit and watch a little more hockey tonight. Hey, it's you not sleep on happen. the red couch again? I didn't sleep. Okay. I didn't fall asleep. Didn't but it was, yeah, I was walking around a little, little sideways that day. So on the nose of this Sazerac ride for me, it's uh, it probably should have it really glass out a little bit too. It is like cedar, cinnamon, a little bit of that leathery quality. There is, I a, get that kind of soapy nose on it too. A little there's bit, there's almost, and this sounds weird talking about a uh whiskey, but there is almost an umami quality to this whiskey on the nose or on the sip, on the nose, okay. Like there I'm, is a slightly savory thing happening. For I'm me. getting like a like almost an unscented soapy thing on my nose a huh. little bit. I can see where you're coming from, but on the palate, it's just it's like brown water. It's leathery. It's only because we're coming off. It is. I mean, you definitely get that leathery kind of, and I get the cinnamon. It's not cinnamon spice. It's cinnamon baking spice. It's not like cinnamon. um, There's no red hot candies. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the the baking spice cinnamon. And uh, there's nothing wrong with this. No, it's not bad at all. But it is not. I would call this an entry level rye. You're but I don't the- even think it offers the things 
that make a characteristic rye. I yeah. don't think there's anything in here that, like, if you serve me this in a flight, and granted, I'm not the best palate in the world, I would have a hard time distinguishing this between a low rye rye and a high rye bourbon. Yeah. Especially at the almost, proof it's sitting I would at. almost say at the 90 proof, you're getting less rye on this as a rye from a, a rye bourbon. Yeah. High rye bourbon. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, Elijah Craig is spicier than this. Yeah, and that's it. Like, what? just small 90 batch. Proof, 92 yeah. proof, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And I always do think Elijah Craig fools me when I put it in a blind or anything like that. I think it drinks above its proof. And uh, not in a bad way. Not, not in a, a bad way, way at all. But nope. I, I just never think of it as like 92 or 93 proof, whatever it is. Well, it's it, like we still To have, me, it tastes more like 100 proof. Yeah, we still have people coming in here going, oh, my God, I can't believe you have, you know, the the toasted bourbon, Elijah Craig toasted. And it's getting a lot easier to find. I've, I saw that on many grocery stores here recently. Yeah, um, It's really good. It's a solid toast it it's it's for me it's an entry-level toast yeah because it's lower proof it's definitely good um if you want the most entry-level toast i would probably go basil hayden toast yeah it's really light it's never going to get you in trouble the best toast right now on my bar i know one nulu that nulu french dave toasted might be the best toast that we've got on the bar now we'll say it's the best toasted i've ever had i will say the contender to that right now is yeah. the uh, Penelope Toasted Rye what we got in. Yeah, but the Penelope Toasted Rye doesn't... So I would I would say if you're training yourself to learn what toasted staves do to a product, yeah, you need to try the Nulu. If you want to try them in balance, dude, I would try say, the Penelope. I would say if you if you want... I need to do this as a, as a flight here. Do Basil Hayden toast, Elijah Craig toast, and then do um, the um, Penelope toasted yeah. bourbon. Yeah. And then do the Nulu toasted bourbon. Yeah. And you'll see the differences, how they step up in flavor complexity from a lot of it's from proof, a lot of it's from a heavier toast. You know, I think that Nulu toast is probably one of the heavier toasteds I've had, but it brings out all that beautiful caramely kind of thing that toasted wood does. The thing for toasted for me, like the signature flavor note, is marshmallow. Marshmallow, yeah. Like that's just what I think of when I try any toasted. I thing. always think of marshmallow caramel. That's like why, like together. even on the Bardstown episode we did, uh, we tried that right, and I was like. I, in my head, I was like, this is toasted. This is just toasted. And I was waiting for him to say that it was. And he finally did. Yeah. But if he didn't, I was going to ask him. <laughs> but there was just something so clear in that that was like, this is a toasted product. It just absolutely is 100% without a doubt. Yeah. But, yeah. Jim Salmon's texting us right now. Yeah, what's he saying? His heater still works. He just sends me random pictures of him smoking a cigar above his heater or below his heater. So oh, he's got Hi, one of those big old patio Hi, heaters. Hey, Jim. 
Love you, buddy. He probably bought it for 10 bucks somewhere and got it working. He that probably can, traded a microwave for it. <laughs> he did. <laughs> that, that dude can get anything working, man. I he tell you, uh, so wires aren't the even thing that out. I love so much about Jim is that he reminds me of my extended family that lives in Martinsville, <laughs> where they just wheel and deal for everything. Martin Tucky, baby. Martin Tucky, baby. Hell yeah. Um, which is. I can't recommend living there. Uh, they do have some very racist roots. They do. And, uh, so I do have some very sad news that turns into really exciting news. Okay. So you guys know we're La Galera fans here. We love La Galera. Brad, Absolutely. We Brad do. Barton's been our rep for a very long time. Awesome, dude. We fall in love with this we guy. We love Brad. Um, we really do. You know, if you're listening, Brad, please reach out to me. I want to talk to you again. Um, but he has recently left La Galera. Yeah. And the new, their new rep is Corey Frisbee. Okay. Which a lot of you may have heard his name before, but he's the one that used to run the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival out in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. He also had a shop he worked with out in Kansas City, Missouri. He's also a farmer growing tobacco in Missouri. He recently took a job with La Galera and Hochi Blanco. He's still growing tobacco. Hochi has committed to buying his next crop from his farm, which is going to be in Wisconsin, which is where he's moving next. So we're going to be getting tobacco in Wisconsin cool thing we're going to have how is he growing tobacco in wisconsin dude i have no idea but we're going to have him on the show and we're yeah. going to talk about it heck yeah he's going to be coming up here probably won't be till the first of the year because he's right now trying to literally move his entire life and his farm yeah. from missouri to wisconsin That's crazy over the next nine weeks so he's going to be scrambling for that that dude's covered up he is covered up um but we're going to be doing an event with him first part of the year sometime He's a cigar roller, too. Yeah. So we're going to do a rolling event here. You're going to be able to actually grab a fresh rolled cigar and smoke it. Obviously, it's 100% tobacco from his farm. Yeah. So it's a Puro from we're probably talking. Missouri or Wisconsin. Uh -huh. It's probably not going to taste amazing. But you're going to get a chance to see something rolled, him talk about how it's being rolled, and then you get to try something fresh right off the rolling table. Yeah. That's going to be a blast of an event. Um, but he's now with La Galera, and I talked to him for quite a while today. So shout out to him. I'm excited to have him as part of the team now. And once again, we are we love you, Brad. We if you're do. listening, the times you've been on this show have been fantastic. Just we, the times we hang out and, yeah. and drink and smoke together. You know, I, I really hope that we get to see him. Hopefully. You know, again, Brad, if you're on it, listen to this, please come down and visit us again here soon. Let me know when you're due coming. I'll make sure the, the crew comes yeah. in to hang out with you. Um, Brad, you feel like a, a part of the final third crew. He's, a, so, he's part of fa he's family. Please know he's that family. you're always welcome here. Yes. And honestly, I hope you work for another company that we got in this humidor and uh, just... And if not, I, really and I don't know. He may be that. he may be moving on to different things. Maybe Could his be. career is changed. Yeah. I don't know yet, but... Either I, way... Love yeah. you, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's something fun coming down the road too. Um, I'm excited to have that going too. Well, so, yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Deadwood Live for this fantastic podcast table that we've been recording on for so long. Yeah, um, 
But uh, yeah, thanks all for tuning in. You can find me at the Whiskey Pastor. Rob, where can they find you at? Yeah, you can find me at Final Third Cigar. You can always check out the podcast on YouTube or all the podcast channels. You know, like Isaiah always says, give us your most honest five-star review. And seriously, Uh, if you're on YouTube, give us a like. Yeah, or Uh, comment and talk to us. We'd love to hear more about what you guys have got going on. Um, But yeah, we'll be seeing you here soon. Holidays are coming. We've got a lot of Black Friday specials all the way through Christmas. So make sure you come by and check us out. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.